Have you ever told someone to just do something as though the activity is a singularity, suggesting there's a single step required to complete? Well, I ask you, define to me the word just in its context you're suggesting, and I'll do just that. My name is Jason Furious, and this is my Madness Method. It's been a long time since you left me. So many times I heard people say, oh, well, you just need to get a job or, or you just need to quit doing drugs or you just need to get your shit together. It was always just suggesting that there was a simple and single step, but never how just, just do it. Nike's famous for it, right? Just do it. Just do what? There's steps, there's processes, there is underlying situations to deal with. You know, telling somebody to just do something is a very soapbox statement as you stand up there looking down on myself or whomever it is you're speaking to as though you've got it figured out and this is all you need to do. Just get sober. Just Stop doing drugs. Just be a better person. If I could be a better person, I would have been. If I had that figured out, I would be. By this time in this story, my addiction had really taken hold. It's It's gone dark. The playfulness of, of the story in the beginning of how it was just buddies having a good time, making some money, you know, being the guys around town, the whole thing, man, that shit's gone. Your vision, your view of what it is that's happening hasn't necessarily changed, but the fact I was just standing in somebody's front room with guns pointed at entryways never once crossed my mind how dark that was. To put in perspective a bit, I had about a quarter ounce a day addiction to meth and quarter ounce for those of you that don't know it's it's seven grams it's two eight balls it's it's a lot of dope it, it, at this time because this was really in my area where i was at the time in the central valley of california it was a boom for this right so this was about a 700 dollar a day habit street value I wasn't paying that, but nonetheless, to put in perspective, $700 a day, this stuff was going point for point. And what I mean is for every 10th of a gram, it was 10 bucks. Like that was retail, $700 a day habit. Thinking nothing of it. I would smoke a quarter of that 1.75 grams. I would smoke a quarter of it before bed. I would smoke the, another quarter of it when I got up in the morning. That was how I started and ended my day. Meals were had. Like people have their knife on one side and their fork on the other and their meal on a plate in front of them. Except for me, I had a dope pipe 
and maybe a fork or if I was, you know, whatever I was eating, whatever utensil that required, plus my drug paraphernalia. That's where my addiction was at this time. And, you know, looking back, I can't believe I'm actually sitting here telling anybody this story. The realization, the reality of what's happening here, I, I don't want to get lost in the story and forget the purpose here. And what I mean by that is, is I, I started this entire thing knowing that I needed to talk about what I've lived through. A lot of this sounds completely insane. I hear it as I'm going along. As, as a matter of fact, I had a, a buddy recently start listening to this podcast. And his response really pushed me back. His response wasn't necessarily negative, but it let me know that he didn't really know me the way I wish people knew me. His response was something very simple. Other than the fact you love the sound of your own voice, why are you doing this? And I, I dwell on that. For days, I sat and questioned myself, man, are you doing this for the right reasons? But the reality is I, I have to do this. I have to do this. This has nothing to do with loving the sound of my own voice. And the unfortunate reality of that comment is, is that means this person that I consider a friend doesn't really know me the way I wish somebody knew me. Because the reality is, is that I've been lying about who I am since I was five years old. I, I don't even know if I know who I am today, but I'm trying to figure it out. And as I'm trying to figure it out, I know that I have to do this for the people that aren't on the other side yet. I know that I have to tell this story because there's people out there that are struggling and there's people that are being told, you just need to do whatever, just get over it, just stop doing drugs. But the reality is, is that people that are so far gone that these are the things they're being told, they need somebody to connect to. And I, I, I really believe that this is why I'm telling this story is because I've sat and I've listened to people in rehab or in recovery rooms or wherever the case, but people sharing their stories and you hear this, this piece, right? You hear a piece of their story and, and you can't relate to it. So the resolution at the end is just, oh, but I'm sober now and everything's good. And you know what nobody ever talks about is the very beginning and the reality of the very end. To be able to connect with somebody, you have to be able to tell a story of this is where I started because everything starts out fun, right? This Everybody was having a good time and then things snowballed and got out of control. Let me share with you my good time and where it got out of control, but you never get to hear the story about the struggle that never goes away. I struggle with this every day. I struggle with self-image issues, anxiety depression, self-loathing. These are things, this is my new battle. The only thing I want to do with this story is reach people. I know that I have to help. I know that I can't stop now. This whole thing started because I wanted to be able to tell these stories and get them out of my head and, and let them stop being stories that I tell in window panes, meaning we're only going to look through this space and talk about what, what we see here because there's so much more. We have to talk about this whole thing. You know, I, I watch people 
on Instagram, on on wherever. Um, there's this guy, I, I believe it's all time media, it's Tales from the Streets, right? And he he goes out to different areas and does interviews with addicts. And I mean, God, it just breaks my heart to see where they're at. And my response, my physical reaction to what I'm seeing in these interviews tells me I have to do something. And I don't know what that is yet. I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm on the right path. And and I don't know what I'm going to be able to do for anybody except God, maybe encourage Maybe this takes off and 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 I, I I'll figure it out. I will, I promise I will figure it out because there's people out there that feel abandoned and that feel unwanted. And it's interesting because most of the time it's from the people telling you to just do this, that, and the other. But most of the time, those are people that genuinely care, but they don't know how to connect. My mom, my mom is amazing and she always reminds me whenever the next good thing comes up right like hey don't fuck it up that's coming from a place of love like hey don't do that thing you always do pay attention stay on your toes keep your eyes open don't do the mistakes you've done previously but me being it where i'm at emotionally it it seems to register subconsciously as a negative to remind me that i'm a fuck up and it took a lot of years to see past that. She loves me. And she's just wanting to remind me in a brief way, hey, don't do that thing you always seem to do. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Even well well into the age I'm at today, she is not wrong. I managed to find a way to fuck it up. I self-sabotage. That's, that's my struggle today. It's the imposter syndrome that I'm sure a lot of addicts or recovering addicts experience because through this whole thing and the partying and the having fun and the self-doubt and the self-loathing at the end, you know who you are inside. And this is where the battle is. That person you are that you know inside is not the person you are today. But when you're alone with your thoughts, all you can do is think about, man, what, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Why am I here? How did I do this? Like, only you know your story. You are your own worst enemy. As addicts, as people that suffer from mental illnesses, as people, we self-sabotage and we overthink. And this is where I feel so driven. I, I feel like I, I have to. And and hell, I know that as I'm talking right now and recording this episode, it's kind of all over the map because my heart, my heart breaks. I can't like get the emotion out fast enough. I, I feel responsible. I feel a responsibility to get this right. I will overthink this and I will hesitate to record these episodes because of the mindset, the place I have to go inside my own head to tell these stories and to relive these moments. But then I remember that there's people out there that need me to do this. If I could just get to one person and let them know it's okay. And, and I'm sure I've said that a lot throughout this and it won't be the last time I say it, but there's people out there that need me to do this. And, and not because it's me, right? This is my madness method. 
but we all have our own. I'm sure as you listen through this, you can fu- you can hear things that trigger memories for you. You can hear things that you get an emotional response from. This is your madness method too. We can all do this, but we we have to change our perception of the people that are suffering. We have to change how we deal with the people that we say we love. You can only love the way you know how to love, but everybody needs to be loved a little different. Perfect case in point, my son's friend. My son's friend is a very emotional, more soft-spoken kid, and he requires more attention, more love, more physical touch, but yet his dad, loving him with all his heart, loves differently. And right now, the two of them are at odds, and there's a divide happening between them. The divide is happening while both people are being the best that they can, the best way they know how. And interestingly, I mean, that's all, that's all I was trying to do. I was just trying to be the best version of me I could in the circumstances in which I found myself, even though I put myself there. You know, I, I, I tell stories about, you know, I, I didn't have a dad. Why didn't he love me? But yet my mother married a fantastic guy. And I, I'll refer to him as my dad, but it took me until I was 40 years old to call him that. It took me a long time. He didn't have to marry my mom. He didn't have to accept my sister and I as his own, but he did. And man, did I put that dude through some shit. And it really comes to light in some future episodes. He loved me the best way he could. And I was just pretty much shut off from it. He didn't know me. He didn't know what I required. He did the best he could. And until I figured that out, I just suffered. I just suffered and I put people through hell. There's so much of this story that I don't want to tell, but I have to. The level of addiction that I had reached by this point that we're at right now, but a $700 a day drug habit and still surviving. You you have to understand what that means. Someday was more. You know, I would say on average, that was my addiction level. I even had a comment of uh, uh, when Jamie used to shut me down and she'd give me four or 500 bucks just to not do anything for the day and come hang out. That barely covered what I was going to party with. You know, I'm sorry if this episode is all over the map. I feel now that, that I'm in a hurry. Like, I'm not trying to rush through this episode, and I'm not going to try to rush through any episode, but I feel like the longer it takes for people to hear what I have to say, the more people out there we're going to miss. You know, I can't save everybody, nor do I expect anybody to, to, to try to save everyone. But together, there's people out there that need us. There's people out there that need you. Those people that we walk past on the street and we're so annoyed with, oh, fucking drug addicts or fucking drunk or whatever the case may be. Just for a quick second, remember, that's somebody's baby. And they either don't know that they're sitting on this sidewalk or there's no one to care that they're sitting there. Those are the really the two options that exist. I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to try and I'm going to figure it out. You know, we all need to treat each other better. And we, we all know this. But do we live it? Can you put yourself in somebody else's shoes long enough to feel what they feel? 
You know a word I don't really like, but it's somewhat applicable. An empath. I don't know the whole empath vibe. But what I do know is that I have this keen ability to be able to put myself in somebody else's shoes and feel the hurt. I've done that with the people that I've hurt. And I'm going to tell you, I've done it to the point of hurting my own mental stability because I I would find that I'd fall into this rabbit hole feeling what I did to somebody else and I would stay there. I felt like I deserved it. The pain I've caused my family, the pain I caused my friends, the pain I've caused my friends' parents by not being a better influence to them, the pain I've caused Cindy and, and girls that I've I've dated I've lived in those rabbit holes, living in those rabbit holes and equally reliving moments that I denied myself from even feeling, you know, this empath thing doesn't, it's not a one-way street. It's not just feeling what somebody else felt. It's allowing yourself to relive moments that you did not deal with properly and allowing myself to feel things that I denied, that I didn't allow myself to get involved with that I was too fucking high to even notice. It drove me to the point of attempting suicide. I was on my way to commit suicide one day. I was going to go drive my truck and slam into a tree. I had picked that tree out. This isn't even in the timeline. I'm way out of the timeline here. I was 40, 41. I had picked out a tree. I knew how fast I had to go. I knew when I needed to swerve out and come back in to be able to hit it square. I was going to die that day. And I got pulled over. And I pulled over. I don't remember any of it. I was so drunk. I woke up in the fucking drunk tank and I was like, yeah, this, this feels right. There's enough horrible ways to die. We cannot let people die this way. Helpless feeling unloved, unwanted, while we say they should just do something. If they should just do something, then you should have just helped. It's a two-way street. Just is not a singularity. There is no single step. In the late 90s, early 2000s, there was this commercial for, I believe it was, the army. But at the end of it, it said, if you wrote a book about your life, would anybody read it? And I never joined the military, but that statement stuck with me. I always knew that I needed to do something with my life. I always felt like there was something bigger for me, but yet I would allow myself to talk myself off of it. This is the story I have. And it has to be for something. So does yours. Your story has to be worth something. And if you have nothing to say that would be book worthy, then start doing something. Change something. Because the reality is where this story goes now, it gets scary. And I'm going to take you on my healing journey through this. So just as much as I implore you to see people differently, I'm about to shine a very negative light on who I was for a very long time. And I'm going to need you to remember that I just wanted somebody to come rescue me. And I did the best that I could. 
And there are people out there that are that are desperate and they're they're clinging on to their health or reality or life. And they just need somebody to please come help me. And there's nobody coming. And that's not to suggest that we need to go and give everybody a hug. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that know that that's their struggle and know that I'm going to try to get to as many people as I can and help them accept that until they're willing to fight for themselves, nobody is going to fight for them. That's really what we need to get to these folks. Encourage them to fight for themselves. Encourage them and help them understand that they are worth it. Everybody's worth a shot. Everybody deserves a second chance. But if you're listening and you're one of those folks, you have to fight for you. Nobody's going to love you if you don't love you. I love you. Does that help? I'm doing this for you. I don't even know what this is right now. But this is for the people that need to know you got to fight for you. And in the meantime, I'll try to fight for you as well. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow, subscribe. If you'd like to reach out, Instagram at my madness method or my madness method 819 at gmail.com. My name is Jason Farias, and this isn't just my madness method, this is our madness method. <laughs>